Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 121 of the Quickie Podcast. It's Friday, so happy Friday as well. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and I've got a great interview today with a gentleman from across the pond, as they say. My guest today is Mark Herens. He is the owner and designer at Blue Deer Design. He is also the host of a design podcast called the Creative Waffle Podcast, and he is from Surrey in the UK. Another little fun fact about uh, the Creative Waffle Podcast, he's currently doing a road trip of interviews all around the UK from like August 30th to October 30th. For two months, he's traveling around the UK interviewing designers and talented creatives on location. Go check that out. From an early age, Mark was a huge sports fan. And in fact, when he was around 14 years old, he put together his own cricket magazine for the fans at these cricket matches. He would go out and actually sell the magazine that he designed in Microsoft Paint. He tells us all about that. Football programs, and now that's traditional, like like real football, not American football, but what, Amer- what we know in North America is soccer. So football programs, soccer, programs really influenced his career and he shows us some which you won't be able to see i'll show you in the video clips next time but he's got some great football programs that he himself has been a part of and that he has collected as inspiration for his career he talks about the influential daves in his life yeah daves are impactful on people's lives can you believe it God, I was so excited when I heard that. Mark also tells us all about the design work he did for a local charity that he is really proud of. And there it is again, guys and girls. The projects that people are often the most proud of are not often the highest paid, the one with you know the biggest name. They're the ones that just really feel good in your heart. Awesome. I love the history there. And I got to say, he's got a great ask it forward question. All I'll say is he is the host of a podcast called the Creative Waffle Podcast. So you'll just have to listen to the end to hear his ask it forward question. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. My guest today, Mr. Mark Herens. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Mark. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Hey, I'm happy to have you, man. I guess it's really afternoon for you. So good afternoon, Mark. <laughs> Can you say it in a British accent, please? Go after, no, I'm going to butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even try. <laughs> um, so are you ready for a quickie, sir? I have indeed. I have indeed. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so let's start with the hardest question first. Uh, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. So I'm Mark. I'm a 21-year-old sports illustrator, designer person. Uh, I've got a podcast called Creative Waffle Podcast. And uh, yeah, just young and eager and keen to learn everything about design I can. Awesome. Ready to take the gut punches while you're learning on the journey. 
Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Um, so your Blue Deer Design. How long have you been freelancing and operating under that business name? So it's something that started back in uh, well school slash college. So our college is uh, sort of what's it called, like uh, high school, end of end of high school. So sixteen, mm-hmm. seventeen, eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. So it started back then, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's something that's been going on for the last few years, sort of four or five years now. And um, it's really grown into into a real thing. So I'm, fi- I'm finally living, uh, living and breathing design, and actually living out of my parents' uh, spare room. Um, I used my, my bedroom, but now it's a spare room. And it's living uh, the dream, my friend. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't had to get a real job for the last year, so that's good. Um, but I've always been doing it since college, so on and off. Yeah. Very cool. And did you dabble at all in studio life or working for someone else, or have you been Blue Deer Design right from graduation? Yeah, so I did uh, a few internships and a few work experience bits, but I just find that after after six months sitting in the in the same room, sitting in I know it's a bit hypocritical because I'm doing it now, but it's in my it's in my own room, so mm. it's a bit different. But uh, I find that sitting in the same desk being told what to do every single day for six months. After six months, I just can't do it. I get really sick of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've different. I've tried it with without design jobs. I tried it with design jobs, and I just get sick and tired of it. Yeah, you know, you're either wired for it or you're not, and. Um... You know, if you're not wired for it, yeah. you got to figure out a solution pretty damn quick. I think that's it, yeah. And this is what the solution is, I think. Um, I've been enjoying it so far, and you sort of play by your own, by your own rules, so that's been good. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear, because you do a lot of sports design, sports illustration yeah. stuff. What moment in your life did that really start being the direction that you were going in? I mean, I've always been interested in sports since, since I was, well, I can first remember, really. Mm-hmm. I always drawing footballers or always... Um, actually, the first thing I started drawing was fire engines, but then it sort of quickly moved on to, moved on to <laughs> water uh, and, and sports stars. And, so fire uh, engines were the gateway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They, yeah, it must have been something about the, the flashing lights, other not um, But yeah, moving on to sports, and it's always been something, it's always been part of my life, always going to football matches, and always, um, it's always had that side of it. And it was probably... I mean, I guess in school when I started mixing it with design, uh, I started a cricket magazine, um, which is a bit like baseball, but a bit worse. Oh, uh, cool. it's, so, well, it's not that cool. Uh, if you look at the design of it, it was done in Microsoft Paint and uh, PowerPoint. <laughs> but, uh, that's the early days. That's the kind of stuff you want to hang on to, man. Exactly, yeah. Um, so that's how this first started. And I was probably around 14, 15 years old. So it really started, uh, really started early with that and actually went to ground and sold it at the games. Um, got players involved, got competitions and things and interviews and all off my own back. So that's when it really kicked off with the sports stuff. And, um, and then it grew into more of a, a thing where I found sports illustrators and other people that I could look up to. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the bigger bigger guys that have been doing it for years and have worked with all the top football teams. And they've really become mentors and people I speak to on a daily basis now. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really grown into something that I know that I can, I can, I can have as a career and I know that I can can make money from and not just a passion project so yeah it's been it's been growing ever since 14 15 okay that's amazing and i'm going to dive deeper into that but before i get there i'm going to rewind a few years and i want to ask you about your childhood um what was your childhood like and do you feel that you had a creative childhood that kind of pointed you in this career path yeah that's a good question uh i think i've had a i think i've always been creating definitely I've always been encouraged to create by other people or teachers or or um, even parents always bought me our supplies and always been very supportive on that side of it. They weren't creative themselves; they're still not very creative themselves, but they always have uh, always been very supportive of of being creative, mm-hmm. uh, even if 
even if they weren't too sure what graphic design means or, or what uh, what I could do with it, can I turn it into an actual business or can I turn it into something that makes money and a career? Mm-hmm. Uh, always been very supportive of it. So yeah, I think I had a very creative uh, career. Uh, sorry, very creative childhood. Yeah. So the parents supporting it—that's a huge thing because um, you know that's the encouragement that you sometimes need. Did you have any outside influence, aunts, uncles, teachers, or other mentors at the younger stage of your life that started showing you? the creative world, the design world? That's a good point. Uh, now I think about it, it's probably my granddad. Uh, he, he's always been painting and drawing, and uh, he's got he's, he's very, good at, very good at painting, so he's, uh, he's, he's influenced me quite a lot, I, I guess, uh, when, when, especially when younger, always trying to get me to draw things. I grew up a lot, of, I grew up a lot around my grandparents, both sides, and um, always been given pencils to be kept quiet or, or, or told to go in the other room and draw things so that I have to, don't pass to my grandparents. So uh, it's probably, yeah, probably the grandparents, which have helped me a lot. Very cool. It's just that moment where you're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe it was grandpa. Maybe yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Um, so I want to go back to when you first started noticing design in the world. What was that moment? Do you remember having a moment where it really clicked for you? Yeah, it's quite funny because probably all of your other guests are like, oh, where, when was that? And like for me, it's almost like yesterday. It's funny one. No, I remember, I remember it. it was the first time I really knew about graphic design as a, as a thing. Uh, and probably one of the things that stands out the most was in school. I took up a graphic design course or a graphic design class. And it was all about logos. And I learned about branding. I learned about Wally Ollins and um Margaret Cal- uh, Jockney and Margaret Calvert, the people that did the British road signs, mm-hmm. uh, and just um, and just just that you can design these things, you can create I think, little icons with meaning, and they become this this face of this huge brand. Uh, it's, it's it's really really cool. It still makes me smile, and uh, yeah, I love I love that feeling when you create a logo and you actually nail it. Uh, so it's, it's always been a special moment. Mm-hmm. So was that in that was in high school? Yes, high school. Yeah, perfect. In the logo class. Yeah, graphic design. Yeah. So, is there is there something in that time period that stands out as um, you know maybe the most influential design of your life so far, where it really influenced you, it stuck with you, or pointed you in a certain direction? Influential? You mean as a certain like a certain logo or a certain, certain yeah, a certain logo, poster, design, anything, anything that you saw that um you know you feel was influential to maybe your career direction or your um yeah. your love of design yeah there's there's definitely uh, lots of things to my left hand side uh, it's a big bookshelf and i've got loads of old football programs uh, from the <laughs> 50s 60s i don't know if i can show you but yeah oh yeah so, it's a big bookshelf um i'll grab a, i'll grab a couple but uh like stuff like this um just old old illustrations on there, oh, and that's been very cool. influential. Just looking through my dad's collection of really old programs, and just the, yeah, just the thing they're all handmade, and just the biggest of pictures, and yeah, it's really really cool. Okay, so what uh, year is that particular piece from? This one is the seventy nineteen seventy one, June at the twelfth, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, very cool. That's great to have and collect those kind of things. Um, I just learned of a bookstore in Portland, um, okay. Oregon over here, 
in, yeah. um, well, I'm up in Vancouver, but just down in the States on the West Coast here, um, that has a lot of really old print magazines and memorabilia, but it's like all printed books, vintage printed things, um, kind of like a, a sort of designer's paradise when you walk in just looking at all this old, um, really cool back when, you know, print still is a craft, but when it was like in its craft heyday, like when advancements yeah. hadn't quite hit yet, and it was very professional oriented right where the machines weren't as like sophisticated as they are now where it required just a little bit of that that special touch to really bring it to life so you know having a whole bookstore full of that kind of stuff that's awesome so i love seeing that levels yeah better entrapments up there yeah (laughs) probably at the door collecting tolls yeah (laughs) um all right uh mark i want to ask you about some other designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow and what about them do you like uh so other designers they're going to be mainly sports illustrators so you got i mean the big the big ones big sports illustrators would be the dave so <laughs> there's three illustrators called dave dave will dave merrill and dave flanagan um they've all they've all had a big impact on my career and, so you're saying uh, dave is a very influential name <laughs> It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> it must be a certain, a certain era. I know quite a lot of Dave's. And there's a guy, there's another guy called Dave Clayton as well. He's been a very good friend. And um, he gave me that program that I just showed you, actually. And yeah, so all the Dave's have been very influential. Actually, my granddad's called Dave as well. So it literally, that's the story of my, my career, just Dave's. <laughs> Perfect. Dude, every time you talk to a Dave, it's a level up. Yeah. I'm glad I can participate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but there's... Yeah, it's, so there's people like that. Uh, there's other, other illustrators like like Scott McCroy, um, yeah, Dan, Dan Evans. You've got loads of people. You've got Marcus Merritt. You, I could name I could name about fifty, but um, it's, it's a very small community. The sports illustrators, and they're all they're always willing to give advice or help out or mm-hmm. um, ask. Or, you know, if you ask them a question about improvement or how you can improve this piece, they're always willing to give feedback. And normally it's like a big chunk of feedback as well, which is fantastic. Uh, always willing to open, be open about pricing and, and how much you should charge. It's, it's a fantastic little niche to find yourself in. And uh, yeah, it's nice, it's nice to have that community feel around it as well. What an awesome little community where everybody can yeah. sort of back each other up and support each other. Yeah, it is. It really is. So how so did you... Go get into Sorry. that community did you just reach you reached out to them or you ran into them at an event and that's how it started or how did you get into that community well that, that's the best thing about having a podcast is you can talk to anyone right so if you email someone and say do you want to share your story normally they'll say yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that's like it's been a real big tool for me uh getting into groups of people or getting to know people mm-hmm. is having a podcast i know about their story their background and i can start asking them questions and becoming friends with them and um yeah, that is literally the only way I know these guys is through the podcast and I've met up with them in person now. So it's big, big. To, uh, very talk to cool. Have. That's very yeah. cool. You know, using that as not only a creative outlet for you, but as sort of a connecting tool, a community building tool. Very yeah, cool. I've never thought of it that way. I'm sure you come across it though. I'm sure you, you'll, you'll find people. As soon that, as you, as soon as you said it, I went, yeah. you're right. You're totally right. Yeah. Yeah. See, the, thing, the thing that makes it easy is that I just love talking to designers and hearing these stories. I just love it so much that I, you know, sometimes I just get engaged in the conversations and I forget about, you know, is there a plan or a purpose to this? Where is it mm-hmm. going? And I, I just enjoy these conversations. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Mark, I'm going to dive into the print world right now. 
I want to ask cool. you um, about printing. Tell us about how you have utilized print in your design career. And do you have any stories or projects around that that you could share? Yeah. So like I mentioned, the first one would be the, the fanzine for this cricket uh, club that I, I work. Well, I didn't, I didn't work with them. I did it on my own back, but the, the Microsoft paints slash, uh, uh, what's it called? PowerPoint. Uh, first fanzine. It's horribly laid out. It's all in black and white <laughs> in the insides. There's no bleed to it. There's uh, it's all blurry images and ripped off logos. All the players, all the cutouts have got a little white line around them because I didn't do it properly. It's uh, it's hilarious when you look back on it. But this is the first real thing I'm being creative about. And I'm really that's my first real thing I'm trying to push being creative about. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's learning about print that way and learning it about the hard way. <laughs> learning what makes a good, learning what makes a good like a fanzine or a program. Like I, like I said, I'm always surrounded by programs with this bookshelf next to me. Mm-hmm. Always surrounded by print, uh, and I've always been a fan of magazines and football things and football fanzines and programs. So going on from that, uh, it's just it's just been an evolution, really. If I look back at it, of of, of doing magazines for sports teams. So the first one was that cricket one, then I moved on to again another one without any bleed. But um, <laughs> the next one was my lo- working with my local town. To do a football program cover for for their their uh, football club, mm-hmm. so that was cool. I enjoyed that. Working a bit more in Photoshop and seeing how things work that way. Again, still in school, so it's really been pushing pushing that um, while still at school and just trying to figure something out, not having to worry about uh, sort of money and finances and not having to worry if it if it really makes any money while still at school because you're still at school. You don't need to make money while you're still at school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you can you can literally be free and spend all your time outside of school on it. I remember spending like six hours on a piece I did once. Like, just after school, just spent just stayed up all night and just did it. Um, but yeah, it's really just pushing pushing what I thought I could do in print and no one's telling me no. Just just doing it. <laughs> yeah. This is quite cool because um, no one said oh, that looks a bit bad or, or you know, you should have a bleed on that. Just um, making my mistakes, mm-hmm. but but yeah, it just grows, doesn't it? Once you once you do one thing and you start learning about print and you, you actually do a proper graphic design course outside of school and you learn a bit more about what you should should be doing and how to lay things out. Mm-hmm. Um, you move on to something a bit more, a bit more sophisticated like this one, which I've been doing recently, uh, which is a, a fanzine for a bigger football club, Swansea City, who are. Um, in the second division of English football, hopefully back in the Premier League next year, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, I've been doing some more illustrations. For that. I did the cover, some illustrations for the cover, and uh, it's a lot more professional and a lot more well-made than the other ones. So it's quite cool just to see the progression of things that you've made throughout the years. Um, but yeah, just throwing myself into these sort of projects where, where they are passion projects, but eventually you know, they'll become, uh, become things I can make money out of and actually have a career out of. Okay, so if they make it back into the Premier League next year... Yeah. How much of that could you attribute to your designs? <laughs> well, this is for a fanzine, so it's not actually... Unfortunately, it's not the official program, which I'm working on. I'm working getting to do the official program. I'm yeah. constantly back, constantly emailing the people at the club. Um, but that is... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, hopefully a little bit. Hopefully like one, <laughs> Just a little not bit. Not one percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, earlier you had pulled something off the wall that you had framed that mm. was about print. What did you pull, What did you frame there? I should have. Yeah, so that was that was uh, the one I just showed you, the Swansea one. Um, okay. It, it's sort of a gratifying moment when you uh, do an illustration of one of the players and then you meet them at the game and they sign it. That was like that was a oh, big moment for me. so like cool. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I met a footballer that I did an illustration of, and then 
you just you just meet them and say, "Oh, look, can you sign this? It's, I'd love you to sign it." And it was, um, yeah, it's a big moment because I haven't heard that before. So I was really that proud of that. That is so cool. What a great yeah. op- what a great uh, you know opportunity or situation there. Yeah, that was really cool. Very cool. I'm glad you could share that with us. All right, Mark, I got to get into the tough stuff now. The next couple of questions I have um, take you down part of your career where you made some mistakes, you learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out. Um, but then I'll spin it around and we'll end in a happy place. Um, what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? So tip for younger designers is don't print too many business cards. <laughs> I've, had the, I've had so many different variations of business cards. I, I think I wasted, I've wasted so much money. I, I don't know how much it is, but ridiculous amounts of money on business cards that I've never used because I just like making stuff. Uh, it's cool It's cool to see that and, and look back on it and think, okay, I've wasted a lot of money, but it's a nice little evolution of, of business cards that I've made for myself. Um, but that's, that's a little tough lesson to, to young designers. Just don't get too many business cards that you're not going to hand out. Um, I guess another one would be add bleed to everything. <laughs> make sure you've got bleed and make sure you've got a, a nice layout and learn if you're doing a fanzine or a magazine make sure you learn the uh, basic rules of typesetting yeah uh, <laughs> widows and orphans <laughs> so in your in your journey so far what do you feel has been sort of the toughest point the toughest obstacle you've had to overcome speaking up to bosses if i'm honest uh it's probably been the tough one having that confidence to say look i can't do this um I've been in some situations in internships and things like that where I know that I haven't had the skills. I know I haven't, I'm not ready for that sort of job. Uh, I've been thrown in the deep end a bit, a bit too much sometimes. Uh, and also knowing when you're not, you know, know, knowing when you should walk away from something. So like I say, at six months, I really didn't feel right. And you know, at a 16 year old age, it's hard to stand up to a 46 year old, like really well established designer mm-hmm. and say, look, I can't do this. Uh, I need to just work on my own stuff. Uh, for a number of reasons so that and also leaving my other job as well I had another uh, different job at a different time um, standing up and saying that I don't want to work here anymore uh, they're the toughest times uh, I think for anyone even now even even old as, a, as an older designer I think you're, you're always worried about hurting someone's feelings or leaving a job so overcoming those um, just uh, just say to yourself you can do it and <laughs> just um, just you've got to push through those experiences so really challenging in the moment to speak up to that, you know, authority figure, I guess you could say. But what is the feeling after that's done? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, lot of confidence. Um, you know, you, you feel like you're a bit freer. Mm-hmm. Uh, although you, it does play on your mind. There's, there's a, my last job, I, it still plays on my mind whether I left it in good terms or not. Because I think I probably left it in a bad term. But um, yeah. It's just it's just something that happens. You got to I just got to move on. That's the thing in my head. I've just got to get on with my own work. I've got to. I realised that after so many times of working in the studio, I realised that I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you learn stuff about yourself uh, whilst whilst doing these things. You learn that um, you know you're not right for this situation, or you, you know what you're good at. So you should work on that more and more, and just develop it to the best it can be. So I think it's just a it's an ever growing process of, of working on yourself, mm-hmm. and putting yourself in these tough situations. Totally. Well said. Yeah, I've been through a few of those myself, so I completely understand. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, now I want to go to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Take us to that story. 
Uh, yeah, I should have thought about this beforehand. <laughs> um, a specific one that didn't go well. Well, I guess one at the moment is uh, a few illustrations that I've been doing for for, and I'm at, I'm at the very start of my illustration career as well because I've only just gotten into it and into that stuff side of it, and just learning how things how things are made and sort of layers and actually drawing, getting back into drawing after a period of not drawing, just doing design and clicking around. Um, I, I, you start you start doing illustrations, you never and you're not quite happy with it. It's the self confidence, I think, um, is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at other people's work on social media, and you think, oh, that's not as good as that. Why is it not as good as that? And how can how come I'm not as good as that? And you start doubting yourself. And I think uh, that's that's one of the biggest issues for a lot of young designers as well. You just don't know um, why. You, you don't look at it in the right way. So you see other people's work and. I'm, I'm rambling on a bit here, but you see other people's work and you, and you sort of doubt yourself in your own mind. You sort of, it doesn't make sense. Why, mm-hmm. why am I not as good as that? Or you look at Draplin's work and you think, oh, I need to get as good as that. But obviously, it's just practice. It's years and years and years. So there's, well, I was working on a piece recently and it just wasn't working. I think I just I just got so frustrated with it. I just shut the laptop down and just, just kept going. And just I think I went to the gym in the end. But um, that was a that was a piece for a magazine cover and it just doesn't work. So. I think I think uh, taking a lesson from that would be learn when to stop, uh, learn when it's not working, and try and find out as soon as possible. Otherwise, you're just going to be spending hours and hours on something mm-hmm. that's going to be wasted. Yeah. So, so just I guess that learning to to feel when the frustration or stress in the situation is taking over, and to pull yourself yeah. out from it um, for at least a little while to try and go back to it with a refreshed vision. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, Mark, what's something you're struggling with in your design career right now? Yeah, I think it's the loneliness, you know. I think sitting sitting at my desk on my own. I know I said that I don't like working in I – t- well, I, I like working with other people, but I don't want to be told what to do. I think that's the key thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, so I think it's the loneliness of sitting at my desk all day. Uh, I know I'm very comfortable in, in you know, sitting here, and I enjoy sitting here. I enjoy doing my own work. But I think if I had other people around me, and that's one reason why I do the podcast as well is because it's – it gets you talking to other people and it gets you sort of, it uh, feels like more like a community. So that's one thing I've been struggling with recently a lot um, is, is that loneliness. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of co-working offices in your area? So I'm just outside London. I'm about an hour on the train outside London. I could go into London uh, and do that, but I don't have, I don't, re- I don't really have the money for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to wait till that bank piles up a bit more. Yeah. I yeah, hear you there. Okay, Mark, I'm turning this bus around. Um, I'm really interested now to hear about the project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing, or maybe it was uh, just a really big design feather in your cap. Yeah, there was one a few years ago where I worked for a charity. I did um, all of their all of their branding, all of their like, leaflets and business cards and everything, and it was really good, and I didn't expect anything from it, and it's just a lovely thing to be a part of for three years. Um, they're a Welsh charity called Fab Cymru, and they, they worked, well, they sell little jewellery uh, angels mm-hmm. on bracelets and uh, little um, mementos. That it's, it's really, really lovely for, for sort of cancer charities in the local area in Swansea. And it's not my local area, but down in Swansea where I'm very much, I love Swansea, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so working with them and doing just just having that, that feeling of I'm helping someone, I'm helping, I'm being a part of something. So I encourage everyone to work with charity for at least a little bit of a time, because mm-hmm. uh, it really does make you feel like you're giving back. Um, 
So was that it. was that a volunteer gig? Was that a paid yeah. gig? Awesome. Volunteer so it's all voluntary. Um, although they did give me a, a nice signed uh, football shirt at the end, which was very kind of them. Oh, that's and they had cool. a big celebratory night, and yeah, I was in the local newspaper, and it was awesome. It was a really cool, cool Dude, event. But once uh, you hit the local paper, you know. You <laughs> <made> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's, it's just it's just that feeling of, of working with something towards a bigger goal. It's it's, yeah. it's such a nice feeling. Very cool, man. Yeah. Um, Mark, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? That's a good question. Instagram, probably. As much as I hate it, I love it. Yeah. It's a hate-love relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think if you use it in the right way, use it to connect with people, use it to promote your work and use it in the right way, Um, and don't don't look at other people's work too much, I guess, and and Mm -hmm. take it in a bad way. if you use it in the right way, it's a very, very powerful tool. Very powerful. Nice. Well said. Well, Mark, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question. So this is where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you. Really good idea. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my previous guest was Nick Miner from Miner Design Co. And he wanted to ask. Um, what are your self-promotion methods? Like, how do you market yourself? How do you market Blue Deer Design? What's working? What's not working? That's such a good idea. Uh, I think marketing-wise, I think it's just finding the people, like we talked about before the show, is on LinkedIn, finding the people that you need to be in front of mm-hmm. and just, just making sure you're known by those people. Because especially in the sports design industry, you don't have to be known by everyone. As long as you're known by the person at the club, well, as long as you're known by a certain few people, you're um, you're in the right place and you, you're in front of the right eyes. So following the right people on Twitter, following the right people on Instagram, make sure you're in, interacting with their stuff, so making sure you're getting known. And I, th- I think that's it. You don't have to have thousands and thousands of followers, mm-hmm. if, if I'm being honest, unless you're trying to build up a podcast or, or you want to do other things. Or um, so to get work, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to have a huge following. You just got to know the right people and be in front of the right people. Yeah, well said. Um, and man, that LinkedIn tool is just dynamite. It is it dynamite is. for now. Something will come up and replace it in the near future, but for now, whew, it's a good one. Um, Mark, what's your ask it forward question? So that was quite a good question. I was going to go something a bit silly, like because uh, I'm like a podcast called Creative Waffle, and I, th- I thought I was going to ask something like, "What's your favorite waffle topping?" Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I've had questions about what's your favorite pizza. You know, okay. I had a question about what's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite bang bang. And that's where you go to one place and you eat one cuisine full meal. Then you go to another restaurant immediately after and eat another full meal of a different kind of cuisine. So you could go what? for Chinese wow. food and then for a breakfast buffet back to back right away. Yeah. You feel horrible for a day and a half or two. But, have you ever uh, done that? No, I never have. Thank gosh. I've, <laughs> I've seen it happen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm slightly intrigued to try it. But That's uh, crazy. I don't think my wife will let me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, is that your asking for a question? What is your favorite waffle topping? Yeah, let's go for it. I like the tie into the podcast. It's great. All right. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but I will ask my next quest, guest I'll that question. I'll listen to it. Awesome. Well, Mark, you've reached the end of the podcast, man. Thank you so much for your time and for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, Awesome. It's a really cool podcast. Yeah. All right. That is the end of today's episode, everybody. That is the last episode of the week this week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. If you have not left a review on iTunes, 
please take a minute, head over there and do that. I read them. I really appreciate them. And they help other talented creatives and designers hear these stories and find these stories. Thanks again. Have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you Monday. Bye.